ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय चैप्टर सेवनटीन टेक्स्ट थ्री सत्वानूपाशा Please read the translation. So I'll read one line, you read one line. Everyone has a particular type of faith regardless of what he is. But his faith is considered good, passionate or ignorant according to the nature he has acquired. Thus according to his particular type of faith one associates with certain persons. Now the real fact is that every living being as is stated in the 15th chapter is originally a fragmental part and parcel of the supreme lord therefore one is originally transcendental to all the modes of material nature but when one forgets his relationship with the supreme personality of godhead and comes into contact with the material nature in conditional life he generates his own position by association with the different varieties of material nature please turn off the cell phones the resultant artificial faith and existence are only material although one may, may be conducted by some impression or some conception of life originally he is nirguna or transcendental therefore one has to become cleansed of the material contamination that he has acquired in order to regain his relationship with the supreme lord that is the only path back without fear krishna consciousness if one is situated in krishna consciousness then that path is guaranteed for his elevation to the perfectional stage if one does not take to this path of self realization then he is surely to be conducted by the influence of the modes of nature the word shraddha or faith is very significant in this verse Shraddha or faith originally comes out of the mode of goodness. One's faith may be in a demigod or in some created god or some mental concoction. One's strong faith is supposed to be productive of works of material goodness. But in material conditional life no works are completely purified. They are mixed. They are not in pure goodness. pure goodness is transcendental in purified consciousness one can understand the real nature of the supreme personality of godhead as long as one's faith is not completely in purified goodness the faith is subject to contamination by any of the modes of material nature i'll just read the rest of the purport and then you can read the rest the contaminated modes of material nature expand to the heart Therefore according to the position of the heart in contact with a particular mode of material nature one's faith is established it should be understood that if one's heart is in the mode of goodness his faith is also in the mode of goodness if his heart is in the mode of passion his faith is also in the mode of passion 
And if his heart is in the mode of darkness, illusion, his faith is also thus contaminated. Thus we find different types of faith in this world and there are different types of religions due to different types of faith. The real principle of religious faith is situated in the mode of pure goodness, but because the heart is tainted, we find different types of religious principles. Thus, according to different types of faith, there are different kinds of worship. Lord Krishna states, which means that everyone is made up of faith. You are what you believe in. You are what you believe in. Your whole identity as a person depends on uh, how you see the world on, and on how others see you. You, you are what you believe, literally. According to your faith, that's who you are. Of course, this, as Srila Prabhupada elaborately explains in the purport, this is all in the conditioned stage. We are all part and parcel of Krishna. But in this world, uh, everyone believes themselves to be something different. Uh, if we believe I am a man or I am a woman, then it seems to be real that we are. If we believe that this is my father and this is my mother, I am a DMK supporter and uh, I work for the benefit of the party, then that's who we are. As far as we're concerned, as far as everyone else is concerned, that's who we are. Uh, this word Shraddha is uh, a major topic in Bhagavad Gita. Shraddha meaning faith. There is purified faith, which means to understand who we actually are. And there is faith which is influenced by illusion, which means that we strongly believe something to be true which is not true. So, real faith is faith in reality. The beginning of Krishna consciousness is faith in Krishna consciousness. If one has faith that I am a servant of Krishna, then he can begin to develop that understanding. Uh, faith is a topic which is much discussed by Vaishnava Acharyas. Modern atheists, they uh, criticize this idea of having faith. They say that's not scientific, just to believe in God. Srila Prabhupada always presented Krishna conscious as scientific. In the Western countries... Uh, People often ask you, well, what do you believe? Especially if they see a religious person. What do you believe? Srila Prabhupada would always reply to this question, it is not a question of belief, it is science. Krishna consciousness is science. And uh, practically we see here in Bhagavad Gita, Lord Krishna, although he speaks of faith to Arjuna, he doesn't say to Arjuna, just you believe me blindly. Krishna tells Arjuna, he, Krishna speaks of faith, but he doesn't say to Arjuna, you should believe me blindly. Rather, Lord Krishna presents the subject matter, 
of the exposition of reality that is Bhagavad Gita in such a manner that uh, any intelligent person can accept it to be true and thus believe it. Just like here where the, there is a discussion of the three modes of nature. And we practically see that some people are sattvic, some people are rajasic, some people are tamasic. And uh, some people are of purified intelligence by which they can accept Krishna as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So uh, faith defines our being. Here, as Srila Prabhupada mentions in the purport, the word shraddha or faith is practically synonymous with the, uh, with the uh, outlook or conception or worldview, our whole outlook on reality. Srila Prabhupada writes, uh, although one may be conducted by some impression or some conception of life. So everyone is conducted by, their, by the uh, way they view the world. In the modern age, people are, are generally convinced that to earn lots of money, to have lots of possessions, to enjoy the senses, this is the purpose of life. Why do they think like that? Because they've been trained like that from the uh, TV and the newspaper, cinema, educational system. Previously in India the culture was not so much materialistic like this. But there's been a deliberate attempt to change it. So people's outlook has changed. To most people it seems axiomatic that one should work hard, enjoy the senses, and uh, in this way this is past their lives. And when the whole society, everyone in the society thinks like that, then if anyone else thinks differently, then they think that they, that person is a very strange person. So that we uh, sometimes find that when people in this materialistic society take to Krishna consciousness, then the family members uh, send them for psychiatric treatment. Because they think there's something intrinsically wrong with them. They don't think like everybody else. People have blind faith in materialism. Krishna consciousness is not blind faith in spiritualism. If anyone is uh, a little bit intelligent, they can see that materialism leads to distress. And even there are so many uh, reports coming out from... Uh, universities in the Western world that they find that the more material facilities people have, there's an, it's an inverse proportion of their happiness is in inverse proportion. For instance, uh, there was a study came out fairly recently showing that women compared to 50 years ago, they have more freedom and there are more women earning lots of money, more women in high positions, and in all ways it seems the position of women is better, but at the same time they have more stress, uh, they have more psychiatric disorders, and none of them are happy. This is already analyzed in Bhagavad Gita by Lord Krishna. The whole of materialistic civilization is, uh, can be summarized in a few words of Bhagavad Gita. 
ಭೋಗೈಶ್ವಾರ್ಯ ಪ್ರಸಕ್ತಾನಂಥಯಾಪಹಿತ ಚೇತ ಸಂವ್ಯವಸಾಯಾತ್ಮಕಾಬುಧಿ ಸಮಾಧೌ ನ ವಿಧೀಯತೆ which means that people who are very much attached to sense gratification and opulence they're all crazy to put in colloquial language apahrita chaitasa means their consciousness and their heart are separated they can't fix their mind in anything yehi sansparsha ja bhoga dukha yoniya evate adyanta vanta kauntaya nateshu ramate buddha the 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 happiness which arises from contact of the senses with the sense objects is not happiness at all it's just beginning middle and end a source of distress therefore an intelligent person doesn't take part in this so this is not a matter of blind faith it's a fact which is observable by any intelligent person that Uh, the attempt for material enjoyment is doomed it will never happen there's no such thing or rather the attempt for happiness through material enjoyment so this is uh, lord krishna by giving uh, scientific knowledge of the nature of this material world uh, invites us to accept his understanding of spiritual reality that requires faith by perverted faith we believe that which is not true and which is not in our own self interest ahankare matto haya nitai pada pasharya asatyare satta karimani persons who are persons who are maddened by egoism they forget nityananda prabhu the supreme personality of godhead and thus they accept which is untrue to be true but they're very uh, adamant about it they're very convinced adu vandu avanga manasreeya vandu idu unmai endrade oru theramana nilayil nambikikondavalum irukkirar they base their whole life on it and they, uh, they become upset to hear anything else just like i mentioned the name of lord nityananda who is the uh avatar of balaram who appeared with chaitanya mahaprabhu so based in uh, tamil nadu there's one completely bogus person who calls himself nityananda so called followers and if we tell them that this person is very bogus which is quite obvious then they're not able to accept they become upset now if if one has even a slight uh, objective intelligence it doesn't require one to be a a very uh not even very spiritually advanced but even some slight objective intelligence you can understand that him and so many others like him they're just completely bogus they're, they're pretending to be something which they're not they're not spiritual people they're just opportunists but because people think that well religion is just something you believe in this this is another completely bogus idea it's just something you believe in then uh it's just a matter of what you believe in it's you which blind which blind alley are you going to go down and thus the question comes well what do you believe in it's a completely useless question that's why shila prabhupada would never answer the question if you answer this question then you partake in the ignorance on which it's based 
the idea that well everyone has their own opinion and you can believe whatever you like and uh, whatever you believe it's okay joto mot toto pot all opinions are as good as each other that's the basis of this question what do you believe in the proverb say it's not a question of faith it's a science faith is the cornerstone of uh, bhakti means the fa- foundation of muladha but actually uh, faith is the cornerstone of any way of thinking even the so-called scientific way of thinking it's based on the faith that everything can be understood by what they call the scientific method of analysis so uh, that is a kind of faith and people of the uh, so-called scientific outlook they're convinced that this is the only intelligent way to understand reality and they consider absurd uh, anything any other uh, understanding of reality especially mm-hmm. one that invokes uh, any transcendental uh, paradigm but actually this so-called uh, scientific outlook it's extremely limited and is uh, completely unable to explain uh, so many facets of observable reality uh, notably consciousness emotions desires cannot be explained in a in a totally mechanistic manner i recently uh, read most of a best selling book in the western world called the god delusion the god delusion god delusion <laughs> a book by a famous atheist from oxford university who's uh, completely convinced that uh, and gives all these arguments why you shouldn't believe in god and uh, it's an interesting thing that if someone's convinced however useless the subject that they're convinced in that they're able to convince others so uh, for instance in this book he goes on this whole uh, explanation of why uh, uh, this actually is not an explanation he says natural selection is the uh is the obvious uh answer to why everything uh, why there's life and why we see life as it is today he doesn't offer any scientific evidence why you're just supposed to believe him because he's called he has an oxford he's an oxford professor of Darwinian evolution or whatever he's a genetics or whatever he doesn't uh, he doesn't uh, address the question of why so many uh, scientists in the modern age have rejected Darwinian evolutionary theory because they found it to be so useless in explaining the complexity of life and uh, although he his main argument is against the absurdities of christianity not really which is a it's not and it, it's tangential to the or it does not touch the actual fact of whether or not god exists and his trump card or his main point which he keeps on coming up with is that 
Well, if you say that there is required God to create everything because everything's so complex, then whoever create that God would have to be so complex, and he'd have to re- he would require someone more complex to create him, and so there's an infinite regress. So he says it doesn't explain it at all. This is his like his his boom his big argument. But that uh, the transcendentalists say that there is an ultimate transcendental principle who is not dependent upon uh, anyone else. Otherwise, if you try to examine logically, then you get infinite regress, which God requires. There's God, someone who created God, and then someone who created the creator of God, and someone who created the creator of the creator of God, and then even logically, it, it, it's there's no way, it's infinite regress. So That there is an absolute uh, principle or person is actually much more logical. Um, yeah, and the, uh, I was saying much of observable reality is uh, simply considered, it's just not touched by science. They just, they just wipe it out, throw it out, because they can't deal with it. Just like, for instance, uh, throughout all of known human history, in all societies, there have been, there's been discussion of ghosts. We're not supposed to talk about them in the evening, but we shall do so briefly. So the fact that uh, this, it, it's multi, it's multi, it's trans, pan-cultural, trans-cultural, it's all societies, um, even maybe about 20 or 30 years ago, there was a, this Delta Airlines flight which crashed, and then, you know about that? And then uh, when on, they resumed the service with other planes, but the captain of that ship would keep on coming in the plane and speaking on the mic, and, uh, and they'd see him sitting there, just, you know, the ghost of the captain of the... It's... They, and the Delta Airlines stopped flying that flight because none of their crew would go on it. So this whole phenomena, which is, uh, it's, uh, it's been a major or, or, or consistent feature of human culture and up to the present day, but is not explainable in what they call scientific terms. Dawkins, the author of this book, has an explanation for it. When he was a young boy, uh, he was lying down at night and he saw what he thought was a ghost. But he was bold enough to get up and look and he saw that it was a reflection of light on the curtains which he imagined to be a ghost. And that's the explanation of all the ghost phenomena in the world since day zero up to the present time. That's it. It's just, a, it's just a, an illusion, that's all. Because... He thought he saw a ghost and it wasn't, and that's it, folks. That is the scientific rebuttal of the whole phenomena of ghosts. Not very scientific. The the fact that uh, sober people have, by using the scientific method, have uh, investigated the phenomena of reincarnation and found it to be an irrefutable fact that Dr. Ian Stevenson, who died recently, came up with hundreds of cases which couldn't be 
explained by any other means than reincarnation. They just totally ignore it. This is not scientific. Then why do people believe in God? We see that it, it goes on. It, it's it's uh, People continue to believe in God. Why is that? Well, according to Dawkins, there's one possible reason, his scientific speculation, is that there's there's something wrong in the genes. <laughs> some 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 warp in the genes that's been passed down. Some quirk of natural selection. <coughs> just say gene. If you get stuck, just say it in English. Won't work in Sri Lanka, I'm told. Um, and then the, the they found that uh, there tend to be, among societies where people are more educated, there tend to be more atheists. And the more educated the people are, the more atheists you'll get. So he's, just, he's saying that it's just due to ignorance, that people are not atheists, that they believe in God. It's just some sentiment. When you become more educated, you understand things as they are, then you, uh, you're more likely to be an atheist. Now, this man is highly educated, he's an Oxford University professor, highly articulate, and he gives such useless arguments. They're saying that if you're more educated, then you're more likely to be an atheist, but they pre implicit in this is the uh, conception that the education is actually increases your intelligence, and it, that the education, which is atheistic by in its very core, that is actually knowledge. It's, it's a circular reasoning. Now, if you get educated in, a, in an educational system which is based on Darwinistic understanding, then it's, it's likely that you're going to believe it. But it doesn't mean it's true. So well, that's just an example of how uh, people, they can be intelligent in some ways, but at the same time, convinced their faith is very strong uh, but it's not it's not he believes it to be scientific it's not actually scientific and not by the Bhagavad Gita's understanding of scientific but actually his uh, theory is doomed it's the last drum bashing of Darwinistic theory it's it's finished actually I mean it's just a matter of time because increasing numbers of scientists are seeing that by the scientific method they're finding out that that everything is so complex it's just impossible to have come into being simply by chance. Which brings us uh, to the question why in the Western world science and religion they parted ways because the religion was so the, the the knowledge they or the knowledge they gave was so useless that science left it behind. Vedic culture was spread all over the world, and uh, there was uh, tremendous technological and scientific knowledge, which was all systematically destroyed by the good Christians when they conquered the world. When we say Vedic culture, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone was a pure devotee of Krishna. Within uh, the so-called followers of the Vedas, there are all kinds of... Uh, you know, there's Sankhya philosophy and uh, 
30, 40, maximum 50 years later, it's all going to be changed. So if you say that, you see the Vedas, they're completely in line with modern scientific knowledge, and 50 years later you're going to have to say that the Vedas are all rubbish. So, of course, uh, Shastra itself doesn't ask us to accept blindly. It's also the... Uh, Shastra is giving knowledge of reality, and observation is one method of gaining knowledge to some extent. Anyway, that's a big discussion about the, the, science, the nature of scientific knowledge in the Shastra, but the point is that we do have it, and this um, knowledge, is, it's a very good time for presenting this in human society. This uh, Bhagavad Gita is, is, the knowledge given by Lord Krishna in Bhagavad Gita is uh, such uh, knowledge that we can present to thoughtful persons. If we say there's a Hindu scripture, then immediately, if, if we, you can't present Bhagavad Gita as scientific knowledge. You should never say this as a Hindu scripture. It immediately puts it in the category of some kind of sectarian opinion, which it's not. Lord Krishna gives a scientific ex exposition of reality which transcends mundane uh, designations such as Hindu, Christian, Muslim, whatever. So we should never present Bhagavad Gita as, as a Hindu scripture. As Srila Prabhupada told devotees who were going to preach in Muslim countries, he said, you teach them Bhagavad Gita. It's not, it's Dehino Sminyata Dehe, the body is changing from boyhood to childhood to old age. This is uh, childhood to youth to old age. This is not a Hindu it doesn't happen just to Hindus. This happens to everyone. This is scientific knowledge. Krishna doesn't say as the, as the Hindus pass from boyhood to youth to old age. No, it's, it happens to everyone. Hare Krishna. We'll finish. Srimad Bhagavad Gita ki jai. Srila Prabhupada ki jai. Hare Krishna.